What's up, everybody? Hope y'all have had a fantastic day today. Welcome to the Titans Time Podcast. Got a great show planned for you tonight. We got our buddies, the Power Hour and Titans Rossi coming on with us. Week two of training camp is here, and the pads went on this week, which means we're really getting down to business now. Tomorrow night, we have the Hall of Fame game between the Jaguars and Raiders, so I mean, football is back. The first official like preseason game, it, it's here. Pads are knocking at practice. Tempers are flaring a little bit. And like I said, we got a great show planned for you tonight. Got a lot of stuff to go over. And with that, we're going to hit the intro and then get our buddies in here with us. Again, everybody, welcome to the Titans Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Staggs. And like I mentioned, we got a great show planned for you. But first, got to tell you how you can support the show. If you're watching here on YouTube, need you to back out of that live chat right quick. Go ahead, hit that like button and that subscribe button. If it's red, go ahead, click it, turn it gray, turn on the post notifications so you never miss when I upload a new video or when I go live. Definitely going to want to have that turned on. And let's share this video out. We want to get more people in here, get all the thoughts that we can on training camp. We want all different opinions. Who do you think's you know really showing up and showing out? Who's underachieving in training camp right now? We want to know y'all's thoughts. It makes the show so much better when y'all are involved. And the audio version will be up a little bit later tonight. Go find it on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Make sure to follow the podcast on those platforms. Leave a five-star rating and leave comments, questions, or review. I really appreciate it, and it helps the show grow. Also, check me out on social media. On Twitter, it's at Titans underscore time. Instagram, Titans Time Podcast. Facebook, Titans Time. And also on TikTok, at Titans Time. Now... As I mentioned, we got our buddies with us tonight, so we're going to start bringing them in with us. First up, we got Michael Bishop with the Power Hour. And, buddy, how you doing tonight? Tyler, I just blinked, and Monday just left as soon as you were on my show. And now <laughs> here I am on your show on Wednesday. So it's been a pretty quick, fast-paced week. So very glad to be on the show. Very glad to be participating tonight. You're right, man. I mean, it... It really seems like just a couple hours ago, we were on your show talking about last week, Monday's training camp day, and now we're here on Wednesday night, and it's just flying by. And everybody, y'all make sure to go check out the Power Hour if you're not already following him or subscribe to him on YouTube. His links are in the description. His Twitter, really any social media is at the Power Hour 615 TikTok. Again, go subscribe to him on YouTube. I, I've been seeing those numbers jump up there here lately. You got that subscriber count really starting to roll right now. I've got a little momentum going, but we'll just 
it's coming in waves, so we'll just see what happens. Season's okay. getting started, so I don't try and pay too much attention to it, but I'm grateful for everyone that comes by and shows their support and subscribes. So keep for on sure. coming over. And I mean, if you're not subscribed to him, you're really missing out because he is always, always bringing the heat with his show. And we can't forget about our good buddy, Titans Rossi. Got him here with us tonight. No, he's been putting out his uh, weekly Rossi report with TA. They've been doing a great job. TA's been killing it with his videos as well. But Rossi, how you doing tonight, man? I'm good, man. It, it's been a good past couple weeks, training camp. It's amazing how quick it's gotten here. You know, it, it, it seems like um, when we lost that game to the Bengals, it was like, man, we're going to have to wait so long. But uh, it's it's here, man. The season's about to begin, you know. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here tonight, man. Happy uh, the contents are flowing. Uh, there's news to report. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's an exciting time for Titans fans and, and us. It, it really is. And, everybody, if you're not already, you need to be following Rossi. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. He's on Twitter, at Titans Rossi, and the YouTube, Titans Rossi. His links are in the description as well. We do already have some comments rolling in. Uh, TA saying, tighten up, tighten up to you as well. Al Pierce, tighten up. Uh, Bill Kerr saying, what's up? Uh, Al saying, Michael, power it up. And Rossi, tighten up. And (laughs) TA also saying, I appreciate all of you for what you do for this team. And TA, thank you. That means a lot. And we appreciate what you do as well. Yeah, so 100%. starting off, I want to get into now that the pads are on, this is when we really start seeing who is uh, ready to be out there and get going with this team. I mean, last week we kind of got our toes wet just a little bit, wasn't that much contact, but now pads are on. You can have some more contact out there. We get to see how – Robert Woods and Caleb Farley do when they have a little bit more contact, the pads are on guys can lean on them a little bit more. And those guys have still been showing up, but so far from this week, who are some guys that have really stood out to y'all already? Really? I'd have to say Kyle Phillips has just impressed me with the way he's handled himself. The rookie has stepped up and just shown that he's ready to come and play. You know, his footwork is incredible for someone that's just so poised at his size. And the fact that he's able to come out there and start getting first team reps just shows how much of a competitor that he is. Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, his footwork is something that it, it it blows my mind how quick his footwork is and how he's putting a lot of these defensive backs on skates already. I mean, he's just – I mean, to the point where you have Kevin Byard deciding to get out there in, you know, the tackling drill and being like, okay, Rook, I, I got to bring you down a couple of notches here, show you that – you know, you're you're good, your footwork's really good, but you're not always gonna get past a uh 
a veteran. They're they're gonna know how to break it down and really slow you down. What about you, Rossi? Man, there's there's been quite a few impressive players um, this training camp, but you know, and I, and I think all of us would agree with this one. Um, I don't know if you mentioned him early, but McCreary um, has just been fun to watch. Um, the guy is uh, just a dog out there. He's he's ruthless. You know, he's there's been a couple plays where where he's got pushed around a little bit. You know, Burks uh, shoved him away one minute or one time, but um, I like that he plays like that. You know, I like that he's aggressive. Um, I think he's going to be the type of player that he's going to learn a few lessons. You know, he's going to learn a few lessons first few games uh, coming out, depending on how much he plays. I imagine he'll be playing a lot for us, but um, I think he's going to, you know, probably, probably get it a few times. Uh, and then kind of learn how to um, reel that in because there's probably some times where the coaches would want him to, um, you know, back off a little bit. And uh, but he's uh, he's an amazing athlete. Um, when you look back at the draft, and a lot of people questioned it. Um, you know, why are we, we we don't need that right now and this and that. But I mean, honestly, really, we really did because you don't know if Farley's going to pan out. Um, I hope he does. Farley looks great. He looks fast. Um, but man, it's good to have that depth. And you think about how this secondary could turn out. Um, man, it, it could be one of the best secondaries in the league if they stay healthy. Yeah, for sure. And that's, you know, that's really kind of scary for opposing teams to think about of uh, if this secondary lives up to their potential of what we're seeing right now. We know what we have in our front uh, seven. Like this, <laughs> this could be one of those things where this defense is just spectacular this year and teams don't know what to do against them. And you mentioned with McCreary how, you know, he's getting up, he's pressing Burks. Yeah, he's, got pushed around a few times and they're very physical with each other, but that iron sharpening iron. And I was telling uh power hour earlier that I had some videos from uh training camp that I was going to try to have for us tonight, but some technical difficulties couldn't get them converted to uh, the MP4 for StreamYard here. And so not able to pull them up, but a rep from yesterday where they were going at each other. I mean, just a real physical rep. Burks was able to make the catch along the sidelines. And like you said, McCreary's going to have some moments in games where he really gets that welcome to the league moment, and he may get put on his butt. But that heart that he has and the fight that he has, he's going to keep coming right back, and he's going to get you. He's got burned a couple of times, but then turned right around the next play. And – short arms or not, found a way to knock the ball out and break up the pass. So I, I'm really excited about him. Um, got some more comments rolling in. My wife saying, tighten up, football season is so close. T.A. saying Burks has been spectacular. Uh, the Pelican 3 saying, I hope Haskins is getting pointers from Derek. And Bill Kerr saying, if – Things work out. We will have four rookie starters that don't happen to that don't happen on the good teams. 
Um, with T.A. Men- mentioning Burks, I want to move our focus just to the wide receiver room. And this honestly might be the most competitive that I've saw this wide receiver room in the last couple of years for like training camp and guys that uh, could that are fighting to make the team. I mean, at this point, I honestly don't know if the Titans keep six or seven and who they actually keep. I mean, I know you'll have Burks, NWI, and Woods. And after that, I could see a lot of guys being interchangeable. What's y'all's thoughts on that? Do you think the Titans, even though we're not to that cut point yet, because you have Racing McMath who, before he got the wind knocked out of him yesterday, was putting on an absolute clinic, getting open deep against, uh, I believe it was Farley, making diving catches. So, again, what's y'all's thoughts? Racing McMath was one of the players that really stuck close to Julio last season, and you can start to see that it's paying off. And along the lines of keeping seven wide receivers, I don't have a problem with that. We're generally trying to find playmakers that are going to help elevate us to the next level. One of the biggest weaknesses Tennessee's had throughout the last five or six years is just consistent wide receiver play. While we've had one guy shine, generally everybody else generally underperforms or usually just doesn't show up at all. The fact that we have this much talent coming into training camp and the fact that we're just seeing it just elevate itself and we haven't even got to a preseason game yet, it's got people excited. But the biggest thing we have to remember is we want to see this translate over to the game field. That's the only thing that matters. If this isn't something that's going to be on Sundays and Mondays, then it's all for nothing. So hopefully it's a situation that they continue to go through practice. They can have those good days and those bad days. But essentially the main focus, if these guys can come out on Sundays and handle their business and show that they're ready to elevate this wide receiver room, then this offense might surprise a few people this season. For sure. Yeah, Rossi, I agree what's your with you thought? there, Mike. Oh, sorry. Um, no, I was going to say, I agree with you there, Mike, um, on that um, for sure. But I, you know, you look at last season and all the injuries that we had, and then, you know, the big question is, you know, are they going to keep three QBs? Are they going to keep how many running backs? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I just think that I think you got to keep seven wide receivers, just me personally, just because you know, you never know. Um, they go down, seems like they go down easier than some other positions for whatever reason. Um, Racy McMath, I, when he came out of college, I mean, the guy at his, at his, at the NFL combine, he ran a four, three, nine 40, and he's not a small guy. I mean, he, he's a super talented athlete for whatever reason. He, he never really produced, um, in college, like they, they thought he was gone. I think he was behind quite a few people and didn't get the playing time. Yeah. Um, but at his pro day in LSU, he ran a like a four three four forty, Um, and that's super fast for a guy his size. Um, so he's intriguing. I mean, I, I think he's a guy that they've liked the whole time, um, right from the get go. I think he's going to make the team. I think, um, Des Fitzpatrick is a lock. Um, obviously, Phillips is a lock. And then you got the battle 
You got Burks, Woods, Fitzpatrick, Phillips. I think uh, McMath's a lock. Then you've got kind of the battle for if they keep seven, um, what, those last two spots. Obviously, Westbrook's a lock, too. So you kind of got a battle for, what, one more spot. So that'll boil down to, you know, Josh Malone, Kinsey, Hollister, maybe Reggie Robertson, um, or Robinson. Um, I think at this point, you know, Kinsey's kind of on the outside looking in. If they keep six, he's definitely on the outside looking in. If they keep seven, I think he's got a shot. Now you got Malone kind of creeping up the back end too. So, um, of course, I would love to see Kinsey make it. I think he's really improved a lot. He's a guy that's, and all biased aside, I think he's a guy that's really impressed me as well. I mean, in camp, there's there's videos out with him one-handed catching and all this stuff. Um, but the competition all in all, man, it's just been it's been fantastic to see. And if you look back to last season, it, everything was so hyped up. I think if you look at the the guys that we got now as far as a depth on the depth end, I feel like they're more talented than than last year's. Um so it's it's fun to watch. Yeah, it really is and you know I want to hit on see one thing I do disagree on. I don't know that Dez is a lock for the roster yeah. and part of this comes from I saw what he's been able to do in like the one-on-ones, but I believe it was Paul Kraharski that tweeted out that, you know, he, he was struggling in like 11 on 11. So when it's actually offense against defense and where you need to be going out and making plays, then he wasn't doing as good. You know, it's easy if you're out there, the quarterback's throwing you the ball and all you have to do is go up against the corner that's right there on you. Like, yeah, that favors the receiver more as is. But when you actually get out there against the entire defense, if you're struggling or maybe you haven't reached that point yet where you should be, then, and especially as tight as this competition is, because, I mean, like y'all said, these guys are pushing each other. I mean, it seems like every day that they practice, you have a new guy stepping up and making plays. Of course, Burks has been very consistent. Woods has been consistent. NWI is doing his thing. But you'll have Racing McMath one day that's going out and just lighting things up. Then you'll have Phillips who, like we mentioned, he's putting guys on skates, making plays with his footwork. And, it, I mean, it's just – it's so tough. But I don't know that – I think Dez could be one of those guys where if he doesn't step it up more in, like, these team drills, he may be on the outside looking in. And unless the Titans just look at it from the aspect of, okay, we decided to trade up and get this dude last year in the – I believe it was the fourth round, I, I don't know that he does make it. It just depends on just how he translates to the game field. I mean, he could practice as bad as he wants, but if he goes out and performs on the game field, then that pretty much cancels it out. Another good point there. 
And moving now to another part of the offense, just seeing y'all's opinion on this because in Power Hour, I know we talked about this some with how this year's training camp compared to last year's for Ryan Tannehill. Last year, we were seeing him throw more interceptions in training camp. It was kind of getting wrote off like, okay, yeah, it, you know, it's it's just training camp, nothing to worry about. Then regular season gets here, of course, injuries. We know how the play column was. He has more interceptions in the season. And then you fast forward to this year's training camp, and he's yet to throw an interception. So what I want to know from y'all is, is this kind of, and pulling, I guess, something from A to Z here, is this kind of a, a bigger deal, a small deal, or really no deal that he's not throwing any interceptions? And uh, I, I saw this narrative out there. Do you think having Malik Willis coming in, even though he's still working on improving, that that has pushed Tannehill even more to be back to that better version of himself out there. Really in this kind of situation, I just think Tannehill's just taking advantage of just the opportunities that he's getting. You know, we all know he's going to be the starter. There's no doubt about that. The biggest thing I'm watching from him is just that he'll be consistent in practice like he's been doing throughout the last couple of weeks. I do don't I really don't take a lot of stock in anybody throwing interceptions in practice because let's remember a few years ago Patrick Mahomes threw about what five in one practice and then everybody lost their mind <laughs> you know once again it's a situation of translating from what happens on the practice field to the game field because that's what matters I am glad that Tan Hills definitely has a better mindset coming into this season I do believe he understands he knows what's on the line but at the same time he's got new toys to play with. So that always makes things a little easier, especially now that they're going back to a two tight end set and they've got an outstanding set between Hooper and a Congo, which have just been getting raved on all training camp long. So really you got to think that's just a huge, huge upgrade for him and really been giving him confidence as well. Um, yeah, you know, um, a lot was made last season and, and a lot of people did brush it off. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys. I don't, I, I don't, I, I almost give Tannehill a mulligan for last season, not for the playoff game, but for last season. Um, just because, I mean, the guy, you know, he had no consistency. The play calling was absolutely terrible. Um, you just, there was no consistency because everybody was injured. You know, he didn't, he was playing, there was five or six games there where, you know, we were playing, I want to say Dez started a game from what I could remember um, on the outside or something, you know, I mean, when you got a guy like that and I'm not downing Dez, but a guy who's got no experience and he already was um, pretty much wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing in the first place. And that's a problem, you know, Um, and I love NWI and I hope he steps up this year to be kind of a a solid, like number two type of guy if he has to be. Um, 
But when you got him and NWI and Dez as your two starting receivers, I mean, that's that's an issue uh, when you don't have any tight ends. Uh, We didn't have a tight end last season. Um, We had Swain here and there. We had Nicole Pruitt here and there. But we really didn't have any tight ends. Um, It was unbelievable. And then the offensive line, it was just a train wreck on offense all all, uh, season. And uh, you're right, Power Hour. I mean, he's got new toys. He's got tight ends. He's got a coach in there who knows how to call passing plays. Um, And Tim Kelly, I think, honestly, I think Tim Kelly's the best addition to this offense um, out of anybody. Um, But it's like you said, it's got to translate. You know, he does seem more um, eager this season it seems like i i know it affected him i mean it would affect anybody if if you have a bad day at work or something and you knew it was your fault um most people would generally the next day like come out but okay man i gotta be better i gotta be better at what i do or they're gonna fire me you know and i think ryan's feeling the heat and i do believe that tanny hill is an extremely talented quarterback um He's made plays last season that blew our mind and that like in the Texans game, the last game of the season. Um, So I I do think he still got it. I think he can get to, I think he could be a great quarterback this year, but it's got to translate and he's got to stop making just bonehead decisions out there, um, regardless of who's out there like he did last season. And that's a great point you made about Tim Kelly. I mean, really, you definitely see he's been working with the tight ends, and I'll definitely credit him for that just for the success that they're having so early. And really, that also puts pressure on Todd Downing going forward because we already know if Downing doesn't perform, Tim Kelly's waiting right there in the corner. That's right. And, you know, I guess that's something else we should talk about. You know, I mentioned does having – even though Malik Willis has stuff that he still has to improve on. I mentioned having him back there. Does that maybe light that fire under Tannehill a little bit more? Uh, Looking at the coaching aspect, Downing, he's got to have that fire lit because if not, like you said, Tim Kelly's right there waiting and can move right into uh, that role. And y'all made some great points there. And like you said, Power Hour, it – it has to translate to the games and thinking back to last training camp and one difference between last year and this year is even in training camp, Ryan Tannehill was having to deal with different targets pretty much every day. You had receivers missing practices cause they would be out with the injuries. So he was never really able to develop that chemistry with with any of his main guys. And now this year, so far, knock on wood, everyone, he's getting to build that chemistry with everyone. He's getting to build it with Woods, with Burks, Phillips, uh, Oconquo, and Austin Hooper. Like, And maybe that is what's leading him to being even more eager this year and having more confidence in training camp and making better decisions because he knows that he's already built that trust with these guys and knows what he can do. 
with them. So definitely some good points. And I want to get to some of the comments here. And Rossi, you kind of hit on this earlier, and I think you put it very well. The Pelican 3 said, how do these receivers stack up against last year's receivers? And I'm going to say, as far as stacking up against them, I feel like the talent that we have right now in the receiver room from top to bottom is better than last year's because these guys are pushing each other, being more competitive, fighting for those spots. And last year we, we knew we had our top guys in AJ and Julio. And if they weren't out there, then we were like, okay, well now what are we going to do? Well, now if with how this training camp's going so far, if Burks or Woods aren't out there, okay, we've got, Kyle Phillips to go out there and we know he can get open. We got NWI that can go out there. You know, a video that I was going to have for tonight was one of him against Christian Fulton in the one-on-ones. And I mean, Fulton is all over him and looks in great position to make a play on the ball. And somehow NWI comes away with it. So what y'all's power hour, what's your thoughts on that? And then Rossi, we'll get your thoughts as well. Really, just along those lines, I would have to say in the situation that it is in with a wide receiver room, last year we had a potential Hall of Famer and, you know, a kid with a high ceiling. So, of course, everything was overhyped and we knew it was going to go one way or the other. It was really going to succeed or it was going to fall flat. And unfortunately, it was the latter. With this group, there's talent it's raw talent, but there's also a lot of great potential there. You know, we were asking questions earlier in the season, you know, is Traylon Burks even going to be ready? Is he going to be even on the practice field by the time training camp rolls around? He's in shape now. He's out there competing. He's out there making plays and he's out there learning, which is also the key part there. So consistency is going to be the biggest thing with this group. They're going to have growing pains. They're going to have a curve that they're going to try and hit just about every time they're out there. But every time they try and play or they try and go out and compete, the main message is they can be an elite group if they want to be. The tools are there. The talent's there. It's connecting it all together. We're trying to make the whole, the whole premise of this is to make Derrick Henry's job easier. If Ryan Tannehill has guys that are reliable to throw to, then the running game opens up like it's supposed to. The points get on the board. We win the games. That's the end result of it. Um, yeah, and I, if you do look at last year, I think if you look at, you know, the positions like the 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 slot wide receiver, um, you know, it was Chester Rogers last season, and he had a lot of issues just getting separation. You know, and you compare that to Kyle Phillips, um, I think Phillips is already an upgrade. You know, now I know he's not played an NFL game this year. Obviously, speed's different in pads. But, I mean, the guy is out there just, I mean, he's putting moves on guys and they're five feet away from him, you know, once he does the juke or whatever. It's just, 
I, I think that guy is going to be electric from the start. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and get, you know, you know, a thousand yards or none just because of the position he plays. But I think he's, he is somebody the Titans have not had in a long time. You know, they have not had that type of speed at that position. Adam Humphreys wasn't that quick. He was good, but he wasn't, you know, I just think Phillips has this massive upside at that position. Um, Marcus Johnson, Marcus Johnson, I thought was very talented. He just has never been able to stay healthy. That's the issue with last season. Everybody was hurt. Julio Jones never practiced. You can never get any, uh, you know, rhythm with Tannehill. And I, and a lot of people brush that off. Oh, it's Julio. You know, he's always been like that, but you got to keep in mind, the guy was with the same team for what, 10 years or something. I mean, he already had familiarity with Matt Ryan. You know, he came into a new situation with Ryan Tannehill and we needed him to step up and practice, but he couldn't because of the hamstring or, or whatever else it was with him. I don't, I don't know. But um, I think you like power hour said it's to make it easier on Derek. Henry. that's the perfect statement, man. I couldn't, nobody could have said it better is to make it easier on Derrick Henry because that's what this offense is about. That's what it should be about. Now, you do want to take some pressure off Henry, of course, um, but now we have tight ends. Now we have other pieces that we didn't have last season, and it gets me excited. Um, I think overall, yes, this is a better group, even with the lack of an experience, um, just for the pure fact of, um, they're young, they're quicker. I think they've kind of gone more for speed um, now, um, which I like because a lot of these successful young receivers in the league are, are speed guys, you know, um, shifty guys who get separation. So, um, yeah, I, th I think it is a better class um, than last season. Now, you know, last season before the season, we probably wouldn't have said that. Right. I mean, everybody was saying we had the best wide receiver group since, you know, ever. And I and I fell into it, too, you know, and I think we've kind of learned a lesson. Well, I know, you know, I have. So, you know, still got to be a little hesitant, still got to see what happens on the field. For sure. And like you said, last year, we we all fell into it. I mean, we were looking at just this offense in general. We were like, you know, what? defenses what are you gonna do like yeah sure stack the box for henry we'll have aj and julio out there and you can only double one of them if you stack the box so and then yeah we we'll we'll leave that in in the past uh not not dive back into all that <laughs> i mean at times it worked when we had them on the field yeah it did <laughs> when we point. had them both on the field but that was like rare yeah like yeah. what five percent of the time <laughs> I'm pretty sure we had him for yeah. Kansas City, and that was that was about what it would have looked like if we could have had that like every game. Yeah, that's what it would definitely right. would have looked like. Uh, some more comments here. We got them piling in. Uh, JD Ten says uh, Tim Kelly is in a great position for our passing offense to succeed. Uh, my wife says Downing definitely has to show out this year, or else we give him the boot. Ta saying this year's weapons are way better and. All around, I mean, I have to agree, and J.D. points it out, the tight ends are definitely much better. And 
you know, that's going to make a huge difference. Uh, tighten up low network saying tighten up everyone. Uh, tighten up to you. Glad to have you here. Uh, my wife says for sure. Agree. Talent is spread out more this year versus being concentrated on a few people last year. Um, Upload saying, hold the brakes on Phillips. Let's see what he does versus some quality corners first. And that is, I I wanted to hit on that because that's a really good point. We have saw what he's doing against these lower end defensive backs that the Titans have right now. But when you hear about uh, some of the media that's there saying, okay, Kevin Byer jumped in on him against this rep and he struggled to get open, you know, that's where we're going to, like you mentioned earlier, power hour, seeing it translate to the games and him actually going against other corners and corners that are higher up on other teams depth charts, because we're going to have to see him do it against those guys. Yeah. It's great. If you can get open against this practice squad DB, but we need to know that you can come out here and do it against a guy that's going to be on this team's 53-man roster and, you know, get open for Tannehill to actually have a place to put the ball. And along those lines, I mean, really, Phillips is no stranger to playing elite talent. I mean, in the Pac-12, there's plenty of guys that were going to go to the NFL. So it's easy to say pump the brakes on them and, you know, we've seen what he can do on film and we've seen what he's done in highlights. And it's understandable that people are going to get excited and maybe overanalyze things. But along the lines, it's just been a long time just at the slot position where anybody's really been excited over this guy that just came out of nowhere and is just starting to put the brakes on people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a skill that not a lot of people have, especially just coming from UCLA of all places and literally just going against some elite talent. Now he's going to have his growing pains. We'll just assume that because that's what's going to happen. But the best thing that really impresses me about Phillips, he's consistently working to get better. And I don't even think we've seen the best from him. We've just seen flashes and it's on a practice field. We're going to find out what happens next week when they play Baltimore. And we're really going to see if that translates to the game. And I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I, I am too. I think, uh, yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of hype about Phillips. I mean, it's understandable. Um, like you said, uh, Mike, I mean, it's understandable about, you know, we haven't had somebody like that in a while. Like I said, in the slot, we haven't had somebody with that type of quickness in a while. Um, I think that he is going to have some growing pains. I don't think he's just going to come out and just kill it right off the bat. I think he's going to be a guy that is going to be serviceable. Um, I think there's going to be kind of a rotation at that spot. I I do believe that Kenzie can make this team. Um, I think that he's a guy you can plug in there as well um, in that position. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily a a battle as per se, but um, I think they're going to kind of use a, use a bunch of different guys and move them around and things like that. Um, but I think, uh, you know, Phillips is exciting. I, I, I agree with you. He did play at UCLA. He played against some top talent. Um, 
it'll be interesting to see um, what he does out there um, in, in game, especially in the preseason. That's what's going to be interesting to see. Now, on the same token, like who is he going to go up against in, in the preseason? Probably maybe practice squad guys. But, I mean, they might throw him out there and with the first teams here and there just to see what he could do. Um, but I'm excited about the guy. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not, you know. Um, I think he's, uh, I think he's got a heck of a lot of talent. Um, I think there's, there's some of those moves in there where not many people could, (laughs) could stop that no matter who you are. Um, but I think there's a lot of other guys on our, on our wide receiver, uh, in our wide receiver group that have talent like that. I think Racy has talent like that when he puts it on. I think Kenzie has talent like that when he puts it on. Maybe even Daz might even have that ability if he really played up to his potential. You know, so the competition is going is thick and it's fun to watch. And those are really good points. Those are really good points. And one thing I also wanted to point out: one other thing that I think we're overlooking with these wide receivers. They can play special teams, and that's one area of the ball we have struggled with in the last three to four years. So if we can get guys that can not only go out there and play wide receiver and go out there and play on any part of the special teams, that's going to help elevate the game as well. And that's one thing I really feel that the Tennessee Titans have never addressed since Vrabel's got here. We need to find somebody that can consistently get us punts that will get about you know a 25 to a 30-yard gain where they're starting in better field position. You get better field position, you're doing shorter work. And that's the one thing I think that they've lacked, really, like I said, since Vrabel's arrived here. Yeah, that that's some more good points there. And right quick, I know we got uh, 10 or 11 people in the chat here. Just want to say, make sure to go hit that like button, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And... We won't have a uh, best bets segment this week, but that doesn't mean that DraftKings isn't still throwing some great offers out there. And now, Ings has changed the fan game forever. And uh, that now, and they done that in 2012. And now, ten years later, they're doing it again with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fantasy game. A new way to enjoy daily fantasy football, a new shot to win millions in prizes, and the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFLPA. Uh, Playing Rainmakers football is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win player cards of the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions. Build your collection of football stars and enter a free Rainmaker football contest all season long to compete for millions in jaw-dropping prizes. And, I mean, really, the next generation of fantasy sports is almost here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now and sign up with promo code TPPN. Click the Rainmaker's tile and opt in so you can be ready for the next drop. Play free for millions in prizes all football season and build the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmaker's football. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And now hopping into more of these comments because they've been flooding in. Uh, 
Upload says, we will miss AJ throughout the season, but if Burks is improving and pointing up, it's going to be okay. And, yeah, I mean, if Burks is able to translate what he's been doing in training camp so far to the regular season games, uh, I, I like the potential there and what he can do when he gets the ball in his hands and these contested catches that he's making. Uh, Upload said the real issue was we had no threat at tight end uh, last year, and this year we have options. Um, Upload also says that Todd Downing is an issue with how they use the slot guys, and I, I think that's a good point. And to the point you made earlier, Power Hour, uh, JD says whoever can play special teams will add wide receiver depth, and that's uh, one thing right now, you know, like you mentioned, there's so many of these guys that have that ability to spay, to play special teams and make an impact. And I think that's one of the things that makes it so much more difficult to know what guys are actually going to make the team this year because they have that dual threat aspect of being able to play the special teams. Um. <clears throat> My wife saying, tighten up that like button and upload. Also saying, tighten up that like button. And the Pelican 3 saying, are we going to be injury prone this year or is it going to be a replay of last year? And it's a good question. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a question that we really can't answer because it's, I mean, last year was truly. I mean, a freak thing, it, it seems like, because all the injuries that piled up every week for this team, uh, you know, you really can't predict that. Uh, I mean, you can do everything you can to try and prevent it, but you can't predict when those injuries are going to happen. And just like you look at, in training camps across the league, how many guys already have went down with season ending injuries. And it's just, it's freak things that are happening. So don't know if y'all have anything y'all want to add to that. Well, the crazy thing is, you know, teams that have like 80 to 90 injuries, like we did, you don't win 12 games. You're lucky if you win four. And the fact that we came out and won 12 games just shows Mike Vrabel knows how to handle a roster. He knows how to set things up. He knows how to prepare a roster for game day. Let's give the man credit. And I think that's one thing he doesn't get a lot of credit for doing. If there's anybody in the NFL, other than Bill Belichick, that knows how to set a roster up for game day, it's Mike Vrabel. Great point. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, as, as a Titans fan last season, I would I would have to say for me personally – it was one of the, I think, most proudest seasons as a fan that I've ever witnessed. Um, it, it just amazing how they came together. Now, I mean, we didn't. It didn't end up like we wanted it to, but just the 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 heart and the determination. You know, they would. You know, they'd lose to the Jets and then come back and beat. You know, an awesome team like the Bills. I mean, it was just amazing. Um, how he was able to put that team together 
And I don't, you know, I don't think it's going to be like that again this season. Um, I know they, they've done some things different um, in preparation and things like that. I mean, you never know, but it was a freak thing. I mean, that doesn't happen just every, I mean, every team every year has more injuries than, than, you know, the most or than most or whatever, but I just don't think it's going to be like that this season. Um, I think, uh, I think they're going to be better prepared and, um, you know, of course there's always going to be injuries and things like that, but, um, hopefully it's not, <laughs> hopefully it's not near <laughs> what it was last season. Cause that was, uh, that was tough, man. That was a tough one every week. It was like, all right, what do we got? You know, I c- imagine how Vrabel felt and, uh, <laughs> and J Rob, golly, what stress, you know, uh, but they killed it, man. They handled it well. I mean, you have to imagine that when they're looking over their own injury report, they're looking at whoever's beside them like, are we sure this is right? Like, um, I'm having to flip pages here to (laughs) see everyone that's up. But, yeah, the way that Vrabel handled that, like you said, just speaks to how well he can handle this roster and – know what he has on this roster and right quick mm-hmm. upload says great show power hour rossi and tyler good night everyone hope you have a great Appreciate night it. upload thanks for tuning in and for all the comments um yeah and then we have uh ray bands 805 in the chat saying f the titans uh ray bands who's who's your team i, I i'm just wanting to know who your team is so we can at least know who's who's coming at us here uh <laughs> ray bands all these flavors and you choose salty yeah i mean uh, only thing for me we hadn't even took a shot at another team tonight so i i don't know what's uh what's caused him to try and go for the throat there <laughs> I, I don't know if he wants to put a team out now they're probably gonna get shot at now yeah, I mean, yeah. Ray Ray Vans, let us know. Let us know who your team is. We we want to see what we're going up against. I mean, if it's the Colts, hey, y'all focus on winning in Jacksonville and actually making it back to the playoffs or trying to win the division. But uh, good luck with that. Um, good luck. Good it, luck it, with the res- good luck with your wide receiver room. Yeah, it, if it's the yeah. if it's the Browns. Uh, good luck with whatever comes of that situation. Uh, yeah, you, you got I more mean, problems to worry about than us, yeah. man. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. I mean, see, see how everything works out in court there. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, just love going back and forth with people on here. It's always fun, Rossi. I know you love uh, stirring things up on Twitter, whether it be about the Titans or about the Colts, uh, always getting people fired up and never backing down. So got to, got to shout you out for that and appreciate that. Um, so Rossi's quiet now. So yeah, he's, he's sitting on something. <laughs> he's sitting on something. He's waiting for the response. Yeah. He, he's just waiting <laughs> to see who that team is. He's like, I got to know what response he's to ready go, to go with. Here. He's ready. Please, please tell us. I don't even see it. I'm, I have the comments on the right side. I don't even see the, the, the guy's name in here. But 
but yeah, please tell it. Please tell us it's the Colts. Please, <laughs> we would we would love to to just spend about five minutes berating you. No, but yeah. uh, it's what it is, man. People people are gonna be people. And what should be the Jaguars? I mean, we've beat up on them <laughs> enough as it is. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, they paid Christian Kirk like eight hundred million dollars. <laughs> He's not even a freaking number and one receiver. I, I don't know if y'all saw this or not. But Colin Cowherd, which I don't even like really? mentioning his name, but Colin Cowherd, I, yeah, I saw this on TikTok from his show where he was ranking the his top ten wide receiver and quarterback duos for this year, and one that he had on there was uh, Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk. So thoughts on that? Because seeing some of the guys that he had on there, I was like, mm, I feel like there's still some better duos out there than than that. I mean, listen, he can do what he wants. It's his own show. It's his format. It's his opinion, you know. More power to you. I mean, honestly, he's picked the Colts to win of the division in the last four years. How's that worked out for him? <laughs> All you got to say right there. I mean, um, and Al Pierce says that the troll was nuked. So Al, Al took him out to the woodshed and, uh, or behind the woodshed and took care of our problem for us there. Um, you gotta be careful, Al. That's considered war crimes in some countries. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to the Titans training camp, right quick. Who are some guys that you feel like have maybe underperformed so far in training camp, if any at all? Because obviously we're seeing a lot of good coming out, but I want to know y'all's thoughts on this. Well, I mean, with the information we have, it's really hard to just pinpoint like anybody that's had just a bad go at camp so far. You've heard guys just have moments, but not really just anything major. Uh, along the lines, one thing I'd like to see is, you know, some of the players that we haven't heard a whole lot from, like Hassan Haskins, you know, we want to see what's going on with that situation. Uh, really, I would like to know, you know, like we've been talking about who that number two running back would be, you know, is Hillard actually performing better? Is Haskins performing better? We really haven't heard anything other than that. I mean, Derek Henry's just kind of going through warmups. This is basically all this training camp is just a big damn warm up for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I would like to get an answer on who our definite starting right tackle is going to be who our guards going to be, which we know Raiden's is going to be, you know, they're, is he been playing, has he been playing right tackle in the drills and stuff? I'm not, you don't really hear a lot of news about it coming out. Um, as far yeah, as I mean, you guys know, if he's been lining up at right tackle and stuff. I, I would assume that he has been, I, I would assume that he has been, but really all we're getting from the 11 on 11 is pretty much a play by play. And if something right. happens with the offensive line, you're really not seeing a name mentioned. It's just 
okay, Haskins runs to the left and is stuffed. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Like, but that's about all we're getting. But I'm, I'm pretty sure he's probably been with the first team at right tackle. Um, just like I'm, I'm pretty sure Brewer has been with the first team at left guard, and you know that also kind of brings up the uh, Taylor the one, and I believe it was Jamarco Jones. You know, getting into a little scuffle before practice um and you know some people had on twitter had some speculation on that like you know what what would taylor do that made him made jones come at him and some people were like maybe taylor got after him because he was like hey if you were working as hard as brewer maybe your ass would be out here with the first team but you know there's no telling on that I mean, it happens. These guys, they get into spats all the time. I mean, generally, I think it was something just said. He just took it the wrong way, and they just had words. And maybe it got a little physical, but, you know, it ended up getting squashed. So I wouldn't make it any bigger deal than it already is. It's not like Trevor Penning, where he's been kicked out of three consecutive practices. Yeah. Wow, he uh, has? I I didn't even hear that. Yeah, he's... I think wasn't today the third. They actually uh, just this is his third time that he's been kicked out of a practice, the third straight practice. So for what? Just fighting or something just or fighting. mouthing off? Yeah. Just fighting. Fighting, going at it with the uh like the defensive ends and like today, you know, saw a rep, he was going against the pass rush and you know, the play was already passed him or over and they're still just like going at it. There's a little space and then he goes back at him again. And which from the video I saw, it did look like the, whatever player it was, if he's a defensive end or what he was coming back at pinning a couple of times before he done anything. But either way, given the track record of the other two times he's been thrown out, if he was the one starting them, like you can't really blame him for saying, "Okay, you're out of here." And you know, you you like to have that feisty and rough side to your offensive lineman, but you have to be able to control it. I mean, if you can't control right. it in practice against your own teammates when you get out there against other teams and you have their edge rushers or defensive ends talking trash to you, getting in your head, like you get tossed from the game, then you're really hurting your team. Mm-hmm. Bill Parcell said it best. You got to learn how to flip the switch on and off. Some guys, their switch is on and it's not always a good thing. Yeah, he he was the guy that I wanted us to draft. <laughs> but I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Hopefully he uh you know, he comes out of it. I'm watching the video right now. I mean, it doesn't look that bad, but um looks like he's dragging some guys to the ground. He swung a looked like he swung a punch or something, but hopefully he'll tighten up and uh <laughs> quit acting like that cuz he could be a great tackle in this league. Um I really like that guy coming out of college, but um, yeah. Well, really, Saints need to preserve him. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it I mean, like you said, it's like the video I saw today of him, the the altercation didn't look like that bad to me. Like it was worthy of being thrown out of practice. But again, it comes back to what has he done the other times? Like how mm-hmm. how bad was that that it got him tossed? Because if they're basing it off of those other times and they're like, okay, we're just not going to put up with this today. It's a distraction. Get uh, get back in the building. Like, you know, that's – I could see where they're coming from at that point. Um, Basically, like when you swing a punch, that's it. You swing yeah. a punch, they're going to treat it like it's a game situation. They're going to send you in. That's true. Yeah. The Pelican 3's got another question for us. What team in the AFC South are we going to have problems with this year? And I'll let uh, y'all take this one first. Uh, Rossi, you want to start us off? Sure. I mean, the Colts, I think uh, I, I really don't see I, – I don't know. I mean, I don't see Jacksonville or, or the Texans giving us too many issues. Um, I, the Colts, man, I think it's going to be – a I think it's going to go down to the wire. I mean, I think we'll win the division again, but I think it it's going to be a tough race all the way to the end. Um, I, you know, I, I think Matt Ryan is still a good quarterback. He's, he's better than Carson Wentz was. He's smarter. Um, I think he gives them a pretty good shot to have a decent offense. Their wide receivers are very suspect, of course, but, um, you know, I just think it's going to be kind of a dog fight until the end. Um, you know, uh, probably going down to those last few games to decide the division. I, I expect us to split with them this year. I don't think we're going to um, sweep them this year. Um, but I, I think the Colts. And really, it's going to be a year of improvement for the lower feeding teams. You know, I see Houston and Jacksonville definitely making some vast improvements. I think Trevor Lawrence, under the tutelage of Doug Peterson, is really going to be a big advantage for him. It's just going to depend on him to evaluate his game to the next level. But I'm with Rossi on this. I really feel the Titans and the Colts are really going to be the two teams battling it out for the AFC. The only thing is, it's really just come down to the point where the media just doesn't talk about two things that I think are going to hint. Well, really three things that's going to hold the Colts back. And really it's Matt Ryan's immobility. It's going to be the lack of receivers yeah. in the wide receiver room. And Frank Wright, because Frank Wright's shot the Colts in the foots way too many times. So at this point, we've already seen he's made some pretty poor decisions in games. And really the last three games of the season ended up costing them the playoffs. Yeah, uh, good point, and I'm going to keep the train rolling with y'all. I mean, like you said, um, the Jaguars and Texans, they're they're still working on trying to improve. I don't think they've made enough moves yet to really jump back up into the conversation of competing for the AFC South. Uh, The Colts, they're – they're our competition right now. They have a good defense. Their offense is, I mean, 
honestly, I I view their offense kind of like ours heading into this season. You have a pretty good quarterback, a really good running back, and a wide receiver room that, you know, right now in training camp for Titans fans, we're seeing all the plays these guys are making and we're getting excited. But as you mentioned earlier, Power Hour, we have to see it in games. We have to see what they can go out there and do. You know, I'm sure Colts fans are looking at their receivers right now and in training camp, they're getting excited about what they have, but we have to see what they can do in games. So I, I, I think that they are our competition. That's great points there with Matt Ryan's immobility. Like, just watch the guy try and run a suicide. Um, he, he couldn't even get that done. <laughs> And we talk about, you know, Ryan Tannehill getting sacked 47 times last year. Matt Ryan got sacked 40. And that was fifth most in the NFL. Wow. So that – and, yeah, that they had some games last year where Frank Wright, his game plan going in, he changed it up and it, it cost him. I mean, honestly, when you have a – a back like Jonathan Taylor, as good as he is, like I, I feel like you have to kind of base your offense similar to the Titans, like feed Taylor the ball and get teams biting on that play action and make it easier on your receivers and quarterback. I mean, you have Matt Ryan back there now. I agree with Rossi. I think it's an upgrade from Carson Wentz, not mobility-wise, but as far yeah. as knowing the right play to go with or who to go to and not necessarily forcing it into a bad situation. But, yeah, ultimately it's going to be the Colts, and I, I, I'm also with Rossi. I think we probably split with them this year just because, you know, it's – a, a team like that, it's hard to sweep them, you know, a couple years in a row. But I, I would definitely love to sweep them again just so, you know, we're, we get closer to, I guess, evening out that series record against them so that that's one less things Colts fans can try and throw around from living in the past. They don't want to look at what's happened the last couple of years. So, and... Al says, ever wonder what a horse looks like with a sword stuck in its back? <laughs> Go Titans kick Indianapolis Colts tail. Uh, Bill Kerr says, Matt Ryan is washed up. A statue in the pocket throws untimely picks entire career. And I, I won't say he's washed. I just, my <laughs> whole thing with Matt Ryan is this is a mobile league now. Quarterbacks mm -hmm. have to move around. And he's one of the old school generations. And one other knock I have on Matt Ryan, look at the talent that he had throughout his career. And he never did anything with it. You know, yeah. you had Julio Jones, you had Mohamed Sanu, you had Tony Gonzalez. Yep. And which the biggest thing, and I heard, again, Colin Cowherd, and his, on his show, he was like, He's got the best offensive line he's ever had in his career. And I'm like, okay, but if the receivers aren't getting open, 
I don't care how good that offensive line is. One thing that helped <laughs> Carson Wentz last year was the fact that he was able to move around some. Because you look at last year, if it wasn't for Carson Wentz moving around some, we probably would have saw the Titans have a couple more games of like five plus sacks. The best offensive line he had was the year they went to the Super Bowl. Let's just get that fixed right now. Mm -hmm. And even with a good offensive line, Tennessee's going to load the box on him and blitz him. Yep. He can't handle it. They're going to do what they did in 2019, and they're going to basically throw the house at him. Right. And we have Stanley Wilson saying ready and hopeful of a revamped Tannehill. And, I mean, with the focus that Tannehill's bringing into this season and the confidence, I think we will see that revamped Tannehill. And like we mentioned, he's got some he's got some new weapons. And, I mean, he's praising all of them greatly. He's... He loves being out there with them and loves what they're bringing to the table. So, and like I said, he's getting comfortable with them and getting that chemistry with them. And I do want to hit on, uh, you know, one of these weapons and talking about Chig because he's a guy that, you know, if you look back at college, I think one of the knocks on him was his hands uh, catching the ball. And so far throughout training camp, from what I was hearing, he hasn't dropped a pass yet that's been intended for him. So that's big. And then, you know, you watch the the ones from yesterday going against Theo Jackson. Jackson had tight coverage on him. And Oconquo makes a strong catch. Uh, 11 on 11, I think he's been making plays. So, you know, really some some bright spots there with him um i mean is what are y'all's because we haven't hit any preseason games yet and saw him out there against other competition but for an early kind of prediction what would y'all like to see from oconquo this year I'd have to say what would really just be the best set of numbers for him. I'd like to see him potentially get maybe about six, 700 yard season, maybe about eight or nine touchdowns. I mean, to me, I think that's very applicable for a player of his stature. I like that. Ross? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would like to see, I mean, you know, realistically, um, I would love to see – I think they're going to use him and Hooper, you know, kind of – I don't know if they use um, if they use a Quanquo as much as they do Hooper, but because Hooper is going to be that guy that's um, in there all the time. But if they're using those two tight end sets, then maybe, maybe yeah, um, depending on how many plays they call with those sets. Um, I, I, I would expect – Chig to probably maybe have more yards than than Hooper. Um, just you know, maybe they use him more as the pass catching guy, but you know, Hooper can catch too, and he can make plays too. So I kind of look for them to have about the same amount. You know, maybe you know, maybe 
500 yards each, 450 to 500, something like that, kind of um, battling uh, that out um, throughout the year. Um, just, I just hope they both can stay healthy um, the whole season because we need them big time. Um, you know, our tight ends last year, you know, Ferkser was out um, a lot. Then you had McCole Pruitt, who was a bright spot, who came in and, I really liked McCole Pruitt. I thought, you know, he was kind of an all-around type of guy. And then he got hurt, and it was like, dang, you know. Um, we finally got some momentum going with him. And that tight end room just took a beating last season. And uh, hopefully that's uh, that's not going to happen this, this time around. Yeah, and my main hope for Chig and even just the tight end room in general this year is for it to be – less predictable in our offense because last year yeah. our offense was pretty predictable. Okay. If Swain's in the game, more than likely we're running the ball, you know, unless we get down near the goal line and then teams had to watch out for him. Some slipping out of slipping out and being wide open for a touchdown. And then if Ferks are coming in, teams pretty much knew, okay, it's they're They're passing the ball. This is their pass catching tight end. So I want to see us be, I guess, more balanced because, and Rossi, you had a good point. I think Chig could very well end up with more yards than Hooper, just solely off the fact of I see Hooper as more of a guy that can move the chains for us. And Chig is a guy who he can have those big yards after the catch plays and explosive plays down the field. Uh, But that's my biggest thing with this tight end room. I want to see them switch it up to where if uh, Hooper comes off the field and Chig goes out there, teams aren't like, okay, well, this is going to be a pass play. I want to keep teams guessing no matter what tight end we have out there. So that's kind of – my expectations and hopes right there. And, um, yeah, man, guys, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to run. Um, but I wanted to say, uh, you know, thanks for having me on tonight. Um, it's, it's good. It's always always good seeing you, Rossi. Yeah. Yeah, always man. I, I appreciate you. And I look forward to, uh, to going to the training camp with you, man. It's going to be awesome. And, uh, but yeah, I have to call my brother. Um, so, but yeah, man, thanks so much for having me on tonight, guys. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Rossi. Always a blast having you on and hope you have a great night, man. Take care, Rossi. Yeah. Tighten up, guys. Tighten Tighten up. up. And if y'all haven't already, y'all make sure to go check, uh, Rossi out on Twitter at Titans Rossi. And his YouTube, Titans Rossi, if you're not already subscribed to him, you need to go subscribe to him. And Power Hour, we've been going for about an hour and 15 minutes. I think as far as everything that's happened this week in training camp, we've hit on just about everything. Of course, Titans didn't practice today. So, you know, that – and. part of me wonders if the reason they took today off is because they are going to be practicing – this next Sunday, I know this past Sunday they didn't practice. So, well, I think along those lines, 
they will have a game on the 11th, which I believe is a Friday. So they're basically just kind of getting into the groove of what they would do as a game week. So I think right. they take this day off and then they treat this upcoming practice is the start of their regular game season week. So that's, I believe their game plan for the Ravens, what they're just doing right now. So nothing major. Right. Good point there. And everyone, if you haven't already, y'all make sure to go check the power out, the power hour out his Twitter and Facebook, TikTok, all that. Uh, I think even on uh, Twitch, is that right? That's right. Um, find him at the Power Hour six one five YouTube, the Power Hour. All his links are in the description. All of Rossi's links are in the description. Y'all make sure to go give them a follow and subscribe to them. Always a blast having you on here with me, buddy. It's it's great talking football, especially Titans football, with you. So I, I really appreciate it. And everyone, go follow me on Twitter. Uh, at Titans underscore time, Instagram Titans time podcast, Facebook Titans time on TikTok as well at Titans time. Uh, like I said, the audio version of this show will be up uh, a little bit later tonight. Find that on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple podcast. Make sure to follow the podcast on those platforms. Go leave a review, leave a five-star rating, leave comments, questions, Love the interaction with y'all guys. Y'all have been great tonight in the chat, putting a lot of good questions and comments out there for us. We really appreciate that. Y'all make the show that much better with the interaction. And if you're in the live chat still, make sure to back out. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Trying to hit 800 to 1,000 before the end of this year. I really appreciate it. Hit that like button and share this video out and power hour, hour i don't know if you have anything else to add but i think that's all i got tyler as always it's great being on the show with you i can't wait to get the regular season going just a shout out to you guys next week i believe it's next week we'll be getting our madden tournament getting ready so we'll be dropping a date really soon so keep an eye on that we'll be doing live madden 23 Ooh. gaming and reactions so make sure to keep your eye out for a date Check it out on TikTok. I will drop it very soon. I'm interested in that. I've got my copy pre-ordered. Just waiting for it to come out. Can't wait to get that going. So that's definitely going to be uh, a fun time there. Looking forward to that. Exactly. We're going to get a little football in before the real football starts. That's right. Well, everyone, hope you've enjoyed the show. This has been Titans Time. And as always, tighten up. Take care, tighten up.